Welcome to the Creative People Podcast. I am your host, Naomi Parfit, and I'll be having honest conversations with people in the creative industry to gain insight into their profession. So my guest for today's episode is Amy McCaw. She's the author of Mina and the Undead, a gripping young adult murder mystery set in 1995 New Orleans. How are you? I'm really well, thank you. How are you? I'm great, thanks. Congratulations on Mina and the Undead. Superb book, awesome story, great characters, great plot. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I've got it here with me. Beautiful cover. Oh, thank you so much. It's on my shelf. I know people won't be able to see it on the podcast, so it's on the shelf behind me as well. I've just been in two bookshops today. In fact, um, I did a nice Waterstone signing on Forbidden Planet, so that was really fun. Oh, that must be amazing. It's a great Really great book. Um, would you be able to tell what the book is about for the listeners? No spoilers, though. Yeah, I can. I'll word it carefully. Um, so Mina and the Undead is a YA murder mystery. It's set in 1995 New Orleans. And Mina goes to visit her sister for the yearly um, vampire festival. And she's having a great time. Um, she's meeting her sister's friends and visiting all these spooky locations. And she even gets a job in a horror movie mansion. And um, she's really enjoying working there until she, she finds a dead body at work. And she realises that someone is killing people in the style of New Orleans myths and she has to figure out what's going on before she becomes the next victim. Amazing. Do you know what I really like about this book? Yes, it's a great vampire novel, but it's also an amazing murder mystery. Like, it's it's really come to that point where I've read so many murder mystery novels, I can see what's going to happen at the end. But do you know what's amazing about this one? I, I didn't I didn't see it coming. It was oh, it was so good. So I, I really must congratulate you on that. Thank you. I did try to layer it. So I had some things that I thought were quite hidden in plain sight. So I'd scaffolded them quite a lot. And I thought that they might be a bit easier to detect. And then other things that were kind of signposts and there were clues, but I think they were a bit more subtle. So hopefully there's something that should catch everyone by surprise. Yeah. Yeah, I think it will. I think that's probably the hardest thing with a murder mystery novel as well, making sure they don't see the end coming. It's hard, and I think it's hard as well to not do the opposite and make it so completely out of the blue that people feel a bit cheated and a bit annoyed by it, because sometimes I have read that as well, where there is absolutely no sign that somebody was involved and suddenly it just doesn't seem plausible. So it's a balance between making it seem possible but not so obvious that everybody will guess it on the second page yeah i've read quite a few where it's usually the person who's least likely to do it i was just saying that to somebody actually which is the character who is super nice and everybody keeps saying is super nice and it can't possibly be them yeah that might be who it is exactly okay i don't want to spoil it for anyone at all but yes it's it's good didn't work out who it was in the end i did actually want to talk to you about how it's very nostalgic you know get that 90s feel a lot of Buffy vibes is that mainly what inspired you for this book so when I started writing it I didn't know that it was going to be set in the 90s and I had a vague idea that I knew it was going to be a murder mystery I knew which myths I was going to incorporate and I just started doing research into New Orleans and as I did I found out that 1994 was the deadliest year in New Orleans history up to that point so more than one person a day was murdered there which is awful um, and of Very course, I decided to, I know I decided to use that. Um, and it was also the year that Interview the Vampire, the movie came out. So I decided that in the aftermath of all of these people being murdered and people in real life, and then people being drawn to New Orleans because of this kind of supernatural plot, I thought could be a great catalyst of what would happen if all these tourists are there who love vampires and then there's a real killer 
stalking the city I thought that would be quite cool so yeah that's where it came from and then as I started writing I realized that because I was a teen in the 90s all the things I loved then so things like Buffy and the Lost Boys um some of which I've discovered you know later on like the Lost Boys I don't think I watched until I was an adult but I just really enjoyed putting all those things in that gave it that sense of place (laughs) yeah it's it's definitely it's definitely great how long has it been writing this book oh gosh so I think I started in about 2016. That's the first notes I can find. I found a notebook not long ago that said 2016 and it was just little jottings and it had Libby and Mina's names were on there um, but not a lot else that's actually stayed in it, just random musings of what it could be about. But I went to New Orleans in 2012. So that was when I knew I wanted to write something about myths and murder, but I couldn't quite work out. And then when I realised it was a girl from Yorkshire who would go, which is what I am, (laughs) girl from Yorkshire (laughs) who who went to New Orleans. So I'm I'm very inventive. Um, That was how it kind of, I think, became more real to me and something that felt like a story for me to tell, if that makes sense. Uh, Yeah, 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 that makes sense. I think especially if if the story stays with you, that's probably the best story because it will stay with the reader as well. You don't want uh, something that you'll forget easily or something that you can't even relate to at all. I'm guessing a lot of authors can probably relate to their own writing. Yeah, I think sometimes like them, I'm writing a couple of other things uh, and one of them, the main character is absolutely nothing like me. In fact, she's quite awful <laughs> and I hope I'm not like that. Um, and it's a short story, which is not something I've written that much. Um, and it's just, you know, something that I'm writing for fun. But it's interesting to try and draw on some a character that isn't very much like me at all. Whereas a couple of other things that I'm writing, I do think there tends to be quite a bit of myself in there. That is often the way I write. You're trying to work out. I'm trying to word really carefully. (laughs) None of it's been announced yet. And some of it's under contract, some of it's not. Um, And it's that weird thing when you're writing that... I think you've got to do quite a lot on faith as an author, an aspiring author, knowing that some stuff you write isn't going to be published, but you do you have yeah. to do it because you love what you're doing and you want to create interesting things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I actually wanted to ask you, how's it been through uh, with publishing? Because you're not self-published. You went through an agent. So it's just like, how's that really been for you? It was interesting. So I'd queried stuff in the past. Um, I think I queried far too early when I didn't really know what I was doing. And I think the book wasn't very commercial because I tried a couple of things, but very grounded in characters like my writing is now. Um, And that I got some good feedback, but it just wasn't going to, um, you know, that one was never going to get a publisher, I don't think. Um, yeah. So I met my agent at I met my agent at Yalk um, and pitched her in person. Um, and I'd just done a mentoring program called Write Mentor. And I think that for me, that's what got me on the path to getting my book published because finding people to give feedback who I really respected and give me a deadline that my book had to be finished and polished by was amazing. So I think that for me, that was the way that my publishing journey like had to go to to get a really good foundation for my book. Um, And yeah, so going on submission, I went through a long editorial process with my agent that took maybe nearly a year of back and forth. So I think by the time I got on on submission, it was only a couple of months before I got the offer because the book, I I feel like it was ready and it was the right time for that book. It was the right time for me. Um, So yeah, sorry, really long answer, but in summary, summary, basically, it's been a really long journey for me to get this book published. And I think it came at a time that I was ready and I'd worked really hard on something that I'm proud of, so... So it must have been a really interesting time for your book to come out because even though there are so many negatives to the pandemic, um, a lot of people are reading books in their spare time because <laughs> they've got a lot of it now. 
Yeah, it's it's ups and downs for an author, really, isn't it? Because my book came out when we were in, I don't remember which lockdown, maybe the third lockdown, but certainly the bookshops were shut. Um, so it was wasn't great that on the day I couldn't I couldn't go and see my book in the shop. But since then, it's been amazing to do that. And the reception has been really great in person. But I think it was the online community that kept me going. So loads of oh, people tagging me um, in reviews mm. and in YouTube videos. It's really weird sitting and watching a YouTuber that you respect, like holding up my book and talking about it. It's just so, yeah, that the pandemic's amazing. had its downsides, obviously, you know, absolutely huge downsides in every way. But from a professional point of view. Um, it's had the downsides, but then had some amazing moments as well. Yeah, yeah, online, it's it's been amazing. I've seen loads of people posting images of your book. So I I actually saw the jewellery, the necklace with the bats in it. <laughs> it looked really beautiful. Oh, it was amazing. So a couple of people have made stuff like fan art based that I've not commissioned, and that's been an absolutely lovely surprise just to see. Um, like somebody did um a, a like caricature of one of the characters in my book. She did Mina as a child. Um, it's not too spoilery to say that um the main character describes when she was five, she bit somebody because he told her vampires weren't real. Um, and somebody illustrated that, which was fabulous. Um, yeah, I commissioned a necklace recently. I say commissioned like it's a really big thing. I just asked somebody I know. Um. <laughs> to make it um because I'd seen some of his stuff was similar and he took um the cover of my book the colors from it and some of the imagery and um yeah it's brilliant how I think different creators can be inspired by content that other people have made and create something really beautiful yeah and the book cover is lovely it's beautiful I don't actually know who the artist is so she's called Becky Chilcott she works for UCLan and she works for other publishers as well so I think at the time um I think she may have been freelance, I'm not sure, but um, it was a really collaborative process. So UCLan have been great all along the way of asking for my input with things. So um, like I know some authors, like the blurb is written for them um, and they don't get that much say in their marketing and their cover, but I've, I've had a really good creative input, which That's I've so appreciated. Good. And um, yeah, with the cover, so I came up with ideas and Becky designed stuff and sent it to me and there was a lot of back and forth. So even things like the font, I was able to have an input on. Um, nice. my age, yeah, it was lovely. My agent had an input too because she's got that really good kind of sense of what works visually um, and obviously mm-hmm. she's experienced in the book world um so yeah I really enjoyed that creative side of the process I think I would have um I don't know it would have been a different experience if I not had as much creative control as I did yeah I've heard some authors don't have any say in what their front cover even looks like so it's really good that you got that creative freedom yeah, and I, I love the pages as well, the dark edges, that looks great. Yeah, she um she said she'd had an idea after because she enjoyed the book when she read it and said she'd had an idea and she just was going to try something and send it to me. And when I saw those lampposts, I was like, oh, that's so perfect. And the little bat details that are all the way through the book. And then the black edges was quite late in the process. That was a surprise to me. They said, we've done something, what do you think? And sent me a file over and I was like oh wow I love it okay and I think they were really pleased because if I'd said no I don't know they might have said they were going to do it anyway but um I just thought it looked really different to put little black edges around every page and then from the side of the book it kind of gives that illusion of stained edges without them actually being stained edges I I really like it I think I haven't really seen a book with sort of edges inside the page like that so yeah I like the fact that the mine's a bit different yeah and it, it does draw you to the bookshelf it looks lovely 
Yeah, and it is another really important aspect to the book because it is the cover, it is the first thing you see. So you do want it to draw to you. I did a YouTube video about that recently, about how I do judge books by the covers. I know that there's that expression of that you shouldn't, but I think in a bookshop, that's all you've got, isn't it? You've got the title, the author's name, if you've heard of them. But for a debut author, you won't have heard of me. So I've got to rely on the title drawing people in and the cover. So I'm really lucky that I love both of those things. Well, hopefully there'll be a sequel. Well, I will tell you that the books had a really good reception and that was what my publisher was hoping for, to take on more books. So hopefully I'll have some good news on that front. Yeah, I've already seen loads of great reviews. Amazon, really good. Goodreads, four stars. You know, they're they're quite quite tough. I do occasionally look because I was a blogger first and, you know, I've been reviewing stuff on Instagram and Goodreads and stuff myself for years. So I do tentatively look at Goodreads every now and again for my book and I'm still pleased with my rating. So, yeah, that is reassuring. It's amazing. Sorry, I think we've only got time for one more question, if that's right. Um, I want to ask you, what advice would you give to an aspiring author? Yeah, so I think there's a couple of things. The first one is probably been said by lots of people, but I will say again, is to read widely because some people tell you to just read the genre you're writing. Some people say don't read it because, you know, you might steal ideas from it. But I've just carried on all the way through this process reading what I want to read. And a lot of what I want to read is gothic, spooky things, which is what I write. And I think that's only made my writing better because I've analysed what other people do and seen what I think works, what I've enjoyed. Um, so, yeah, definitely read widely, read the genres you like, but also maybe try and push out of your comfort zone. Um, I also read books about writing craft, which I find really useful to target areas that I want to develop and then just read general books that I've heard are great. Um, and the other thing, as I mentioned, um, doing Write Mentor, I think is what really pushed my writing onto the next level. And to get feedback from critique partners who really know what they're talking about and can bounce ideas off with you, um, I think is really what elevated my writing. So yeah, I definitely recommend finding your people, whether it's people who can cheer you on, because publishing can be quite, you're quite isolated. So they've got an agent to support you and you've got your publisher if you have a, a deal. It's just you writing with your computer. So if you've got people that you can kind of vent to, but also people who will give you feedback, it's really, really valuable. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Creative People podcast with your host, me, Naomi Parfit. You can check out Amy's work at her website, amymccord.co.uk and give her a follow on Twitter and Instagram at YA Under My Skin. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe.